Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AFC West Show. We're coming to you live from our Southern California studios here. This is week 10, November the 11th of the AFC West Show during the 2015 season here. As always, we have a lot to talk about. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call 646-668-8837 or hit us up on Twitter at AFC West Show. We welcome your calls, comments, and more. And I'm joined here by the second half of the AFC West show. Daryl, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's nine weeks in, going into week 10, and uh, we're starting to see some things fall out and some things that are very interesting. So uh, besides that, we've got a little cold weather here, and it is starting to get fall even in sunny San Diego. So we're in the 60s. I know some of you people that are in the 40s and 50s don't love that, but it's starting to get a little a little fall-esque and everything. So I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to some more great football, Darren. What do we want well, to talk before, about today? Before we begin, and uh, all I want to send a big hearty thank you and a uh, – a uh, thank you for your service to all of our veterans that are listening out there. I know that we have some here in San Diego that listen. We have some that are back in Denver uh, listening in the snowy weather and up in the Bay Area along with all over this country. So we do have uh, have service men and women that uh, listen to this show, and we'd like to thank you for, for your dedication and your sacrifice that you have made on this uh, Veterans Day, a day that uh, that you are celebrated, but a day that we think of every day of the year here in this mighty military city of San Diego. You know, it's true, and and that's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up because I didn't want to leave that out. And, uh, you know, we have uh, in our own family circle, we have a Purple Heart winner, and we also have a White Coat veteran. So, uh, thanks to Lee and also thanks to the um, uncle and, uh, uh, you know, the, the service in Okinawa and everything else. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, obviously, World War II was a terrible time. And then after that, working up was was very difficult in the Cold War. So thank you, Uncle, uh, to Lee and Uncle Hank. I do you want to give those shout outs? Thank you so much. Well, as we uh, turn the page to the NFL, it's uh, Military Appreciation Month, and we've had some exciting games. We also had some meetings that took place in uh, New York today. We had the Chargers, Rams, and Oakland all meeting with the NFL to discuss uh, uh, to discuss what uh, is happening on the. Uh, on the forefront with their stadium projects. So you did have San Diego meeting with the NFL and 
promoting what they are doing to keep the uh, team here in San Diego. Uh, Oakland uh, led their information in regards to what they are doing, and uh, same with St. Louis. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I'm very skeptical about the whole thing. You had earlier before the meetings, you had Jerry Richardson saying he was supporting the Chargers and their move to Carson City. And before that, you had the Chargers releasing with um, with or without Mark Fabiani and their PR firms that Disney was going to be involved. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, this was supposed to be a meeting for teams and cities to try and find a meaningful middle ground. And if that's the case, I, I get there's some gamesmanship, but it doesn't look good for San Diego. We'll talk more about that. There's a few other things that we can share later on in the in the broadcast. But um, the Spanish family is not really playing ball. And San Diego, I don't know. San Diego is trying their best. But I, I do want to talk about this later on if we have time. So let's, let's hop to the games. And we got some great games last weekend. Darren, you and I, we both uh, got one right, got one wrong. Well, we got two wrong and one right. And we were split on two of the games, and uh, we shared one game that we missed together. Oakland at Pittsburgh, the morning game, it was a it was a shootout, and I told you that Oakland's for real. And they almost pulled it out. They made a few mistakes, actually several mistakes, and still found a way to be competitive. It was 38-35. Pittsburgh over Oakland. Darren, you had Pittsburgh by three. I had uh, Oakland by three. I lose that game, but I'll tell you what, you can't tell me that Oakland is not a better team. And actually, I I think that uh, from our preseason predictions, I've said this many times, I'm willing to easily now slot Oakland in front of both Kansas City and San Diego in those picks. That was a, a missed pick. They are doing well. You know, they are doing well. Uh, are they a 500 team yet? That's uh, yet to be seen. You know, they, they don't have that defense uh, that was able to stop uh, ailing Pittsburgh, allowing uh, 284 yards to Antonio Brown, 170 yards and two TDs to D'Angelo Williams. On the flip side, though, you did have uh, Derek Carr really, really uh, coming out strong and uh, putting up some great numbers, 301 yards passing, four touchdowns on one interception. So, a great outing for this uh, team. Latavius Murray, uh, if he had been able to stay in and stay healthy, uh, he went out with a uh, concussion uh, protocol about uh, shortly after halftime. And I think it might have been a little different game if he could have stayed healthy. Michael Crabtree just continues to dominate. Mari Cooper, they, uh, you see why they have him. And uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward for the remainder of the season, if they can finish up 8-8 eight eight or not. But, uh, oh, I think I think they can do that, and uh, I have some more things to share about Oakland later on. But let's move on. The other game, the big game in the afternoon was Denver versus Indianapolis. Denver goes to Indy. Darren, what happened there? I mean, Denver was flying high after the Green Bay game. What happened in Indianapolis? Well, we can dissect the causes of the game uh, and, and the team in the later segment here. But uh, starting off with the uh, – with the main cause, you know, Denver spotted this Indianapolis team 17 points, and uh, 
uh, second half, they outscored them 24 to 10, but uh, they just were not able to uh, not able to uh, stay together. When you spot a team that many points, uh, bad things happen. So you know, uh, a stellar game for Andrew Luck, who who had a little misfortune, and uh, now will be out for quite a while with a, a torn kidney, similar to what Keenan Allen has. But uh, the Colts won 27-24. I'm, I'm just going to say, Darren, that was our both you and I. That's the one we both missed together. And, and I was further out than you. I had a 10-point victory for, for Denver, and uh, you had a 7-point victory. I mean, that, not only did that not happen, that's 10 points difference for you and 13 points difference for me. We were way off on that game. Uh, just real quickly, in, in maybe two or three sentences, what was the biggest problem for Denver? You know, the biggest problem came with the offensive line, and I can uh, can provide you some more information on that. Offensive line and a defense that just uh, melted down, had their worst performance of the season. All right. Well, let's move on to Chicago at San Diego. Monday night game, big primetime game. You know, after the game, let's let's just avoid the uh, ending for a minute. After the game, we had Steve Young and a few of the other uh, ESPN commentators talking about how San Diego was not supporting the Chargers. Darren, what is your thought about that? You do live in San Diego. Do people in San Diego support the Chargers? You know, you've got a military town here. You can't expect the, the Chargers or any team that plays here to have the kind of support that you would in a home-growing town. A Denver, a Buffalo, uh, towns along those lines. So you have home-growing fans, even in Indianapolis. You know, this is a military town. Some fans like the Chargers and, and show their love, but the majority have moved here, come here for the weather, come here for work, and have already uh, formed their allegiances. You know, I'm going to have to – I asked you the question. I'm going to have to actually disagree a little bit with you here because, yes, there's a large influx of people. But I'll tell you what, by and large, this fan base is huge in the Chargers, and they support them. And, yes, there is the beach. Yes, there is the mountains. Yes, there are all sorts of things going on. That's the beauty of living in America's finest city there's everything to do, but the bottom line is if your team doesn't win, it's hard to support them. If we flip back a little bit, I'll tell you what, this town is a Chargers town, and yes, you'll have a lot of other people in the stadium buying tickets and stuff, because if you can sell your ticket for a lot of money in today's age, it's hard not to do that. But I, I will tell you, I see flags flying from pickups, and I see flags flying from cars, and... uh People are big on the Chargers, and they're hurting hard. This is going to be a tough time, especially if things don't go right with this um, Charger move. So we'll we'll get to that in a little bit, but let's move on to the teams. Darren and I split the uh, Pittsburgh-Oakland. I got that one. We both lost Denver Indy. And uh, Chicago-San Diego, well, gosh, Darren was four points on, uh, on, on San Diego, and I was saying Chicago by three. 
and I won that one. So we split it all around. It's a 50-50. Don't bet on our picks because we are not going to make you money. But what we will do is give you some good facts and some real interesting things going on. So, Darren, Raiders, man, the Raiders are on the upswing. Let's talk about the upswing. Raiders are on the upswing. What's going on with Oakland and Raiders? Well, you know, as I mentioned, uh, Derek Carr, he is doing great. He's got some lessons uh, that that he has. He is really showing maturity here in his uh, second year. And, uh, you know, something that – I think that the, the Raiders have, they can look forward to. Not to mention they have some young players in Amari Cooper, Latavius Murray that they've surrounded him with that are definitely helping. And finally, having a wily veteran like Rod Woodson on the defense certainly is, is adding that uh, coaching uh, slash player mentality that you, you want to keep some of these penalties that the Raiders are known for, from the meltdowns on defense. From happening, so you know Woodson. A little side note: he did win the midseason uh, defensive player of the year, and I think that is showing one of the reasons why the Raiders are doing so well. Yeah, I I want to point out that I am not a big fan of these. I saw some of those midseason grades. I would like it to be a grade, not a player of the year. Midseason, really. Nobody won a championship in the midseason, so I'm not a big fan of that. What I would love to see is midseason grades. Here they are. And I know what you're talking about because I saw a little bit of that show. I went to the gym, and, you know, there's sports on, and I've got to to do something while I'm doing the cardio so I don't just, like, die of boredom. But um, I'm not a big fan of those midseason awards. But I, what I will say is I'll take a, a, a midseason, here's the uh, report card. And they're doing good on that. Let's just give a little bit of depth to uh, what you said. They are the fifth-ranked defense by Pro Football Focus. And the 11th ranked uh, – I'm sorry, I flipped that around. They're the fifth-ranked offense by Pro Football Focus and the 11th-ranked defense. And so – that's not a bad way to be. Uh, you've got a solid offense and you've got above average defense, even though we all know that their secondary is really struggling. Now, Darren, uh, I want to throw out to you that uh, one of the reasons why they're doing so well, besides Amari Cooper, you got to get the ball to the guy. So Derek Carr, sixth rated passer. He's ahead of Phillip Rivers. He's ahead of Drew Brees. He's ahead of um, uh, Matt Ryan. Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, and he's also had a – it's hard to pick on uh, Roethlisberger with all his injuries. So all that's going on, but he's playing well. There's a few guys ahead of him, Aaron Rodgers and a few others, but number six in the NFL, this is the second-year guy. I mean, that's got to be very encouraging for Oakland. Well, you know, that is, and it also helps when you have two uh, 1,000-yard uh, receivers, you've got Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper both on uh, tap for that right now. Both uh, at the midpoint with uh, over 600 yards, or right at 600 yards with uh, Crabtree, and you have Latavius Murray who's uh, 630 yards already. And you know what? He's looking at getting at least a thousand yards this uh, season. So he's got the weapons around him that takes some of the pressure off him. Something that uh, that they have not always had in the past. But let's talk a little bit about the uh, the. Uh, San Diego Chargers really quickly. They have a bye this week, and uh, it's a good time for the bye. You know, they have 
uh, injuries that are, are happening right now. Antonio Gates came out today, said he's still not healthy. It hurts a lot when he tries to cut. Malcolm Floyd, uh, who was their only healthy starting wide receiver, is now most likely gone for the season. They're saying day-to-day right now, but uh, rumor and reports are saying a torn labrum, and I haven't seen anyone come back. Uh, this is going to be Malcolm Floyd's final season, so that's another issue. And uh, overall, their offensive line is, is banged up. Uh, they have Barksdale, who, who couldn't slow anyone down last week. Uh, Orlando Franklin, who's been injured. Uh, you know, DJ Fluker, who, who is an oversized and under uh, plain uh, lineman. So they are in a lot of need of help. A lot of uh, changes need to be made during this bye week. Well, I want to go back. What did you say, what did you say about DJ Fluker? Say that again, please. Oversized and underplaying. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've ever look seen it, I don't question. Shrek, you might as well just you might as well just put Shrek in there, and uh, and you've got DJ Fluker. Well, yeah. Look at. I will not question DJ Fluker's heart and everything. This guy, he he plays through injuries and stuff. I, I'd say he's he's done very well, but you're right. There's injuries galore on this San Diego team, and they are moaning about that. And it's true. They're they're down to hardly having a team. I, I'm going to make this quick because I know we don't have a lot of time. What I do want to say is that the Denver Broncos went to a Super Bowl and they had uh, about 11 to 13 of their starters out and they lost to the uh, Seattle Seahawks, but they did go to that Super Bowl, 11 out of 13 starters. And so what I'm telling you, first of all, is San Diego is not very deep. And second of all, the injury quotient is like a mathematical equation. When you have your prime players that are out, the secondary players are good. However, they are usually good for a limited number of snaps. Unfortunately, they don't have the skill of the prime players, and that's why they're backups. So they overextend themselves, they play longer, and they are more susceptible to injuries. So while San Diego says, gosh, how is this happening? I'll tell you how it's happening. You're playing backups, and you're playing second stringers and third stringers, and you're trying to make it work, but it just doesn't because they're playing against better competition. They're overextending themselves, and the injuries happen. However, Phillip Rivers is playing well, and, uh, you know, I don't know why they don't lean more on uh, Melvin Gordon because that is one way that I think they could kind of but for this a little bit, this has gone south, and it's not looking good. It's pretty bad. The defense is awful. 32nd in the league by pro football focus. You can dice it up in other ways, but overall, it's a bad defense. And interestingly enough, it's not John Pagano that's getting all the, all the criticism. It's really Mike McCoy and Frank Reich. So I'm not sure, Darren, why is John Pagano not getting more more criticism. You know, I, I think that uh, he has gotten some criticism. I think, though, that with your offense and, and all the offense that just keeps falling short, and, and, and you know, uh, I don't know whether you can say that uh, that it's completely the defense's fault, 
an offense that comes in the fourth quarter with a nine-point lead, you're feeling pretty confident. But uh, they know that this defense has given up big leads, and yet they just could not put more points on the board. They went stagnant. So I think that's a trademark move of Mike McCoy. I've said it in the past. He, he is uh, a little too conservative, and that's just the way it goes. Pagano? I think if there were more glaring errors, you might see people really turn on him. And the tide is starting to turn on him. McCoy did come out this week and say there would be no changes to the coaching staff this week, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of shakeup if they lose again after the bye. I want to reach out before we move on. There's, there's one thing I want to say. As much grief as you give McCoy, what I do want to say is that you know, Telesco has not picked up the the pieces that I, I personally and a lot of people feel would be important. What has been done to that defensive line? Nothing. What has been done to the secondary? Well, you got Jason Verrett. Undersized. He's injured a lot. I mean, these choices, paying Butler money and, and his non-performance, Brandon Flowers getting paid money, and he was cut by uh, Kansas City, and he had a decent year here in San Diego last year, but he's uh, nicked up or has an injury. I'm just saying that there's a lot of questionable decisions on the personal front, too. And so before you just toss your coach under the bus, look at the personnel. I don't think anybody would say that Kendall Reyes is akin to a top front defensive lineman and uh, would play on any other team. So, San Diego, hang in there. But uh, you've got you've to put front-line people against front-line people and see if they could play on another team in the NFL. I don't see it in San Diego. So, I understand where that angst is coming. Let's move on. we got the Broncos, Darren. What's you know, going I don't on in Bronco in land? Diego, I, I don't see it in San Diego either. I, I think you'll see it in – Los Angeles uh, in about a year oh, or two, and uh, they'll have the money they need. No. But as you said, moving on to the Broncos. We heard uh, I, I've, got to, I've got to nix that. I've got to nix that. I, I can't hear that. Even though I'm not a, 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 a super diehard charger, I don't want to hear that. You know what? I, real quick, I want to have a diatribe about that. Come on. You're la- if this really is your last season in San Diego, you've got to do better than that. You can't kick your your fan base in the stomach or the solar plexus or maybe even below the belt and expect anything good to come out of that. So, Darren, yeah, I don't think that the L.A. is a magic panacea. I, I think Telesco is, yeah, so-so. I do think McCoy is not bad. You are more, you're tougher on him than I am, but I don't see this team picking up the, the players that they need. And that's where some of these GMs are better than others. And I'm just going to say John Elway, gosh, makes, makes uh, attempts to pick up players and really pushes the envelope. So Telesco, not a bad guy, but not great. Rumor has it that uh, there's not one Mayflower moving van available for the first week of January. So I'm, I'm not sure if you want to move yourself, you're going to have to, to call U-Haul, but uh, there are no Mayflowers available for that week. They're all booked up right now. I I uh, think it's it? going to be two men, two men move you, actually. Two men move you. That's probably what it is. Uh, 
right, moving on to those Broncos, Peyton Manning, and, and we are going to have to save our picks for the extra time. So keep listening after the show ends for the extra time, uh, or you can hear it on the uh, iTunes podcast. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the Denver Broncos and uh, and to what's happening with them. We've got uh, the Peyton Manning who has a foot injury um, that came out today. Uh, not quite sure exactly what it is. Rumor does have it, though, that it's the plantar fasciitis. You also had a key to lead with his meltdown in this game against Indianapolis, who's going to be facing a one-game suspension. And uh, Andre, or, I'm sorry, Demarcus Ware and also Shane Ray, both uh, who have had injuries. Well, Demarcus Ware is going to be out for a while. His back, Shane Ray, may return. But, you know, we have some issues in, in Denver land. And, uh, Daryl, uh, what, what do you say? Well, first of all, the Tlaib uh, issue was very disturbing or just disappointing, actually. It's not so much disturbing as just bad play. And he he apologized for it. He made some excuses, which I'm not sure I totally believe. Bottom line is people have done uh, – look at Last year, you had Dominican Sue stomping on Aaron Rodgers and getting away after a five-game suspension with no suspension. And this year, Tlaib gets a one-game suspension. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't a wrong move. It was. $75,000 wrong? Okay. But a one-game suspension? That might have been overdone. However, it is what it is. So moving on. Peyton Manning, you know, he hasn't said anything about this foot injury. All of a sudden it pops up, and it brings up some ideas that, I well, he's not that mobile anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm not sure it does, but it does bring up the conspiracy theory that maybe Denver is going to rest him one game here coming up, and I'm not sure when. With where it's a back issue, it's been flaring up. He was out uh, two weeks earlier and in the bye. Um Unfortunately, it's come back, and that's a problem. But the good news is that Denver has Shaquille Barrett, Laurenti McCree, uh, and also Shane Ray. I don't think he'll be back this week. I really don't, but maybe next week, and that's that's some depth. So let, let's look where Denver stands. 7-1, 13th ranked offense, above normal, and then the first ranked defense. Rams are getting closer, by the way, very close. The Rams... If you think this Denver defense is phenomenal, the Rams, the, hey, they're put, making a push too. So um, I think Denver has a big game coming up, obviously. And let's talk about these games because actually it is going to be in our closing here with the AFC West game. So Minnesota-Oakland, Darren, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm going to say I see uh... – Oakland winning this game by three. Uh, Minnesota coming off a big loss. Still questionable as to whether or not Teddy Bridgewater will be playing. Uh, so with that, I do pick I do pick uh, Oakland to win this game by three on the home turf. I expect uh, Latavius Murray, if he can pass the concussion uh, protocol, it's not Marcel Reese, a good backup and serviceable. Watch for the high-passing excitement that Oakland uh, provides. Minnesota, uh, welcome to the NFL. You're a great team. Welcome to the West Coast. You can hang in there, but without Teddy Bridgewater, I see issues. Well, I uh, I just want to go back here a little bit here 
and uh, figure this out. What, what was the score of that uh, Raiders and Rams? Uh, Raiders and or no, sorry, Minnesota. It was the Vikings and Rams, right? Yeah, Vikings won by. It was an overtime, overtime game. Yeah, well, I, I I thought I heard something different from you. I I apologize. I thought I heard that the the Vikings lost that. So the Vikings win again. They're six and two. I'll tell you what, they're a damn tough team. And and uh, when I look at this, it's very very hard. I'm glad you're actually climbing on the Raiders bandwagon because I I do believe that they're an ascending team or an ascendant team. Are they ascended enough over Minnesota? Gosh, I'm gonna. This is one that's really tough. I could go and flip it around. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give the, the the Oakland Raiders a one point win. However, that is because I just believe that, that Minnesota. It didn't shock me that Minnesota came in and won. They have a tough defense, and so we'll see what happens. But Darren, glad you're on the Oakland bandwagon because they are good, and they flipped. They flipped the page. I never I'm going to go over to work. Denver. I've, I've been very fine. I'm go, I just didn't see them on the East Coast winning. Go ahead. I'm going to go to Denver. It's Kansas City at Denver. Kansas City lost in Kansas City on uh, late late hijinks, and uh, we, we've gone into that. Darren, what do you see uh, for Denver playing Kansas City? Are, do you, are they going to win? Who is going to win? You know, I think Denver wins by four. Uh, I think it's going to be a tight game. But I do see this uh, a home game for Denver coming off this uh, bitter loss. I think the defense will be fired up. Uh, you know, they have a great tight end in Kels. We talked about they've got uh, they've got a running game that's still doing well. And then they have, uh, if he gets back and healthy, which he appears to be uh, in Macklin, uh, those are the main weapons. Denver has enough on defense to slow them down. Denver by four. Well, I think Tlaib is an issue. That's going to be a challenge there. What I will say is that I do believe that Denver can win this game, and if they play right and if uh, everything is, is really balanced out, I do think Denver can win by seven because I think they have Kansas City's number, uh, and they're at home. So, I think time's running out here, Darren. We'll catch on the break. Uh, let's let's go to break. for a little extra time here. Daryl, you uh, chose Denver by seven, it sounds like. So uh, the only game that's... Uh, yeah, that's, uh, we I'd like not to talk about is, that for a minute. It's San Diego, so it sounds like we're both on the same page for picks. But yeah, go ahead and share your uh, share your, uh, your your thoughts. Well, San Diego is an easy pick. I, I picked San Diego not to lose, and I'm sure they'll be safe. Uh, the bye week is fine. They'll be they'll be good. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit about that seven point. That's a long, a large spread. But what I will say is that Akeem Talib is a very good player. Kayvon Webster will back him up. I don't think Denver will miss that much. They're at home. I think it'll be a very tough environment for uh, Alex Smith, especially against that crowd, to, to make the difference. There is no Jamal Charles, who was in the first game. He's a difference maker. Yes, I understand that, uh, that, that uh, Kansas City has a couple of other, other running backs that are great players, and they're their quarterback is, is a scrambling quarterback as well as accurate. But what I'm saying is I think that Denver has the weapons to take care of this. And honestly, I think as you go through and look at this, um, the ability of Denver to potentially uh, use uh, the tight, the tight end um, I'm in a blank on number 80 uh, from San Francisco a chance to, to maybe get him in a couple plays. That might stretch the field more, and that becomes more of an issue. So it would be I, I really to see think what they do with Vernon Davis, who only had one uh, one real uh, play last week. Yeah, thank you. I, c- I couldn't pull his name right off there. But, but my, ish- my point was that I don't think the Denver defense will suffer that much. Now, they're divisional opponents. Anything could happen. But in Denver – I, I do believe that it, seven points is probably safe, and I could eat that and and be wrong. So, hey, it is what it is. That's why you listen to us. You want to hear a little controversy, right? I think you got that one right. So, we uh, anything else you want to say before we close out the show? Hey, I hope San Diego stays in San Diego. It's it's. Suck to have San Diego in L.A. Um, San Diego's fought L.A. for so long. That's kind of a a really bitter pill. I don't know. Spanos, Fabiani, hey, listen up. You're wanted here. And, uh, you know, if you had done more like the actual Padres, the baseball team, to build a stadium, you would have a stadium already. So, Half of this, whether you leave or whether you stay, half of this is on you because you guys are very, very bad communicators. That's all I got to say. Hey, looking forward to a little Minnesota, Oakland, and Kansas City at Denver on Sunday there. You know, I I, uh, agree with you. I I say a lot about the uh, Chargers leaving. I'd like to see them stay, but as a realist, I just uh, things are not looking good for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to to see if uh, if the Oakland Raiders move or if the Rams and the money talks. One uh, sign that uh, that could be good news for the Chargers did come out uh, through local uh, media, and uh, you know I don't know how much faith I would put into that because part of it could just be a couple of hacks trying to get some uh, numbers on their radio show, uh, and that is the fact that the NFL wants a one billion dollars uh, relocation fee. That has come out recently uh, in a couple of sources. It was uh, back in March, I believe, around $500 million that they were talking about. Now it's kind of increased to $1 billion. And, and if that's the case, uh, they have talked about possibly letting the team pay it over time. But I just don't know. Knowing, uh, knowing the Spanos family, I, I don't know that they would uh, agree to that kind of money to, to put up. So 
they could just be really I, I'll, I'll agree with you on ball. that. I'll agree with you on that. And, and that's want. part of that's part of my complaint about the whole uh, Chargers. Uh, and and look at full disclosure. I we've never made any beans about it. We are AFC West fans, but my 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 favorite team is Denver Broncos. I I don't lie about that. I don't I don't fake that. But you know, there's something about having a San Diego Chargers that is special. There there are a San Diego tradition. It'd be a shame to lose them. And 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 the Spanos family has been one of those families. I'm just going to lay it out here and complain for a few minutes here since this is the overtime. This is a family that has been very distant from the community. They they do give money to the community, but they're not present in the community. They don't uh, reach out to the community. They don't try and mm-hmm. interact with the community. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's what makes this even worse, I think, for San Diego. If, you, if it's a Baltimore Ravens type of split from uh, Cleveland, if it's a Baltimore to Indianapolis split, those are all tough, but what's worse is that you're actually going to the games and paying money and stuff, and they want you to pay the money, and they're they're telling you, support it, it's so tough, and they give you a crappy season on top, and then, hey, we're moving. And they didn't reach out to the community and really work the community like they could have. And so, Dean Spanos, hey, I'm glad that there's some other owners out there. I'm going to put it at Mark Davis. Hey, Mark Davis, you're better than Dean Spanos. Hey, you know what? Pat Bowen, awesome. Uh, the Kansas City, great ownership, the Hunts. But Spanos family, man, okay, make your move or not, but you are not good communicators. And frankly, not very good at winning the the community over to you. So that's my statement. That's my uh, little soapbox, Darren. Done, done, done. We'll see you next week, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we look forward to uh, hearing from you on the AFC West show on Twitter. Send your uh, comments, and we will uh, go ahead and – and uh, listen to them, respond as usual, and we'll talk to you again in a week. So for the AFB West Show and both Daryl and myself, uh, have a great weekend.